0: Oh G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newsdoor ZB in a silly package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning, um these mystery cases. What, can we just stop having mystery cases please? Um we've got uh, some vaccination rate news which might surprise you. And uh, speaking of surprises, uh Novavax. Uh some people were surprised to hear about Novavax. People who perhaps shouldn't have been surprised to hear about it. But before any
1: of that, um, re- re- reopening, that's, that's off now, isn't it? If you missed what Chris Hipkins told Parliament yesterday, the reopening plan is on ice. The Skeg plan, the trial of people who go offshore and come back and self-isolate, that's on hold. And when this government says things are on hold, you've got to sink into your chair with some real despair because no one delivers less and takes more time to deliver less than this lot. COVID has changed the game, he said. Heard that one before? So what was already a pretty conservative view of the world, a world in which a trial gets an outing before Christmas with the possibility of some sort of border easing next year, we're allegedly back to square one, and here is why it's so dangerous. By the end of November-ish, the vaccine programme will be done. We'll be at last joining the rest of the world and doing basically all we can do to keep COVID at bay, and at that point the deal was, and should be, we live with it. Yes, we're in lockdown right now because they couldn't roll out the vaccine properly, but once that's over... Are they seriously now telling us that reopening's an issue? Are they seriously now telling us that the vaccine isn't actually it and whatever is it, they now don't actually know? The skeg guidance was vague enough as it was. And by the way, small red flag, while New South Wales is targeting 70% vax rate, Australia nationally is at 80% and the bulk of the rest of the world has opened up on well on less than 80%. Don't be surprised if this lot suddenly nominate 90% as some sort of target for freedom to stall for time. And the so-called freedom now, given what Hipkins said yesterday, is in real question, given even the vaguest of outlines is now, quote-unquote, on ice. Another prediction, if this drags into next year and Australia's travelling and doing business, if Singapore is travelling and doing business, if basically the whole world has worked out that living with it's the only realistic way to go and we're still banging on about elimination, which is what Hipkins also said yesterday, then watch the exodus begin. The nurses have already gone. Of course, the work visa holders stuck here are bailing. The applicants to come and work here are giving up. Add then the bright, the prosperous, the ambitious. They'll be off for better days, better options, better countries. The only thing the government appears to have successfully delivered in 18 months of COVID is the policy of procrastination driven by fear.
0: Oh, they announced a procrastination policy. I can That's something I can get behind. Uh, well, I'm a massive fan of that when I can get round to it. Um, uh, now, uh, we, we, yeah, the trouble with the Auckland uh,
1: specifically reopening, of course, is these damn mystery cases. Yes, I drew a lot of hope from Des Gorman, who was on Katie's show earlier on this morning, because that's, a, um, that, uh, that's an infectious disease specialist I've got quite a lot of time for, and I admire his intellect. He thinks we're going to go level three, Auckland to go level three. Uh, for a couple of weeks as of this next week. In other words, they make the announcement on Monday and then as of midnight Tuesday. I'm not so optimistic. I hope Dez is right. I hope I am wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. So the, un- the the unlinked cases, the mystery cases, this is what you've got to follow. Forget the daily cases. It's all irrelevant. It's a smokescreen. What they're looking at are the mystery cases. These are the cases they can't explain. Two more were added yesterday. Just work that out for a minute. Why are two more being added almost four weeks into a lockdown, because they can't eliminate it. That's their problem. So you add the two from yesterday, you've still got 25. 25 they can't link. Those numbers do come down each day. Last week they were in the 60s, so they're down to 25. That's all good. We'll take that. And they don't necessarily, as Hipkins told us the other day, need to be at zero. They just need to be confident, but they can't be confident at 25. So essentially today's numbers are going to be Wednesdays, Then we've got Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday. I don't think the government are bold enough to go in to make a Level 3 decision unless they've got some pretty low numbers by Saturday and Sunday. So basically, in essence, Auckland is running out of time. So five weeks, maybe, of Level 4. Dare says they're going Level 3. Let's all keep our fingers crossed that that's the case. Also, interesting stats around how many people who have got it are unvaccinated. Most of them are. It is the pandemic of the unvaccinated is what we're increasingly learning. I
0: don't like the way... I liked it better when he called them wonk, wonky cases, wonky ones, and we were on wonky watch. That was good fun. I don't like this mystery thing that means that we're never, ever, 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 ever going to back, go back to level one again. Can we go back to wonky watch? Um, Mike's been watching uh, the developments with david seymour of course
1: david seymour took the predictable heat this week for his maori vaccine code tweet i suspect he knew heat was coming i suspect he knew it wouldn't do him a jot of damage either what he was trying to say and these things are so often forgotten or left out by those who one love to be offended and two hate him anyway was that having a system where preferences offered by way of race is racist and it's wrong and in that he is right Where the reactionaries chose to take the debate was deliberately dishonest. Māori, they say, are in a parlous state health-wise and must have vaccine protection. Well, they're quite correct in saying that, but that wasn't what Seymour was saying. And the irony of all of this is the vaccine rollout was designed to achieve exactly what Māori want. The first to be jabbed were frontliners and the vulnerable, of which Māori were and are part. If you are fragile health-wise, you got priority. That wasn't race-based, it was health-based as it should have been, which is the maddest thing about this whole debate, where even Penny Henneray, the Associate Minister of Health, calls the system racist. There has been nothing racist in the traditional sense anyway about vaccine rollout. No one has been prevented from getting jabbed on the basis of race. You've been prevented based on age, but not on race. The argument has been mixed up, I think deliberately, between the problem of Maori being vulnerable to COVID health-wise, which is true, and it's true for a series of reasons, you could debate forever and get nowhere, hence we still haven't, and still have the overarching health issue in general, and also a hesitancy among many, including Maori, to actually get the jab. That's the real problem. They are separate issues, but muddied together to push an ideology and make Seymour look like a bad guy. If you got to the front of the line because of race, that's racist. If you couldn't get a special code, if you were of a certain race, that is a practice based on race. It might not suit the lobbies to hear all of this, of course, but it doesn't stop it being true. Now, again, um, I feel obliged to point out,
0: in my view, uh, racism is something that happens if one race is benefiting and another uh, to another's detriment. That's that's racism to me. If you are just putting helping one race out and and making life better for a race. So, yes, you can call that race-based policy, but I wouldn't describe it as being racist. If it's racist, that's a negative thing. And I don't actually think that anybody is being disadvantaged
1: by giving Mary an advantage which they seem to take taken advantage of, by the way. The thing I forgot to mention, uh, David Seymour and the, um, the racism and all the, the heat he's taken, his very, very eloquent pieces I mentioned earlier on in the Herald, if you want to um, uh, read his repost. is here's the irony. The percentage of the New Zealand population that's fully vaccinated at the moment is 27.41. Right, 27.41, which is a risery number on where it should be, but be that as it may. Percentage of the world population fully vaccinated is 27.90. So we are catching up with the rest of the world. We're still behind the rest of the world. We are still 106th in the world, by the way, despite what the government will tell you about the rollout. The rollout's going well. It's 72,000 yesterday. It's better than it has been, so that's encouraging. But but the percentage of eligible Maori fully vaccinated is 42.92%. Population, 27.4. Maori, 42.9. What's the problem? Maori are getting vaccinated at a vastly greater rate than the average population. That's got to be a good thing, doesn't it? And yet We've had we managed to turn it into a great big let's hate David Seymour debate this week, haven't we? What
0: do you think Mike's point was there? I mean, it's good to celebrate those um, vaccination numbers there. Once again, we're probably leading the world in that our um, Indigenous people are, are, are achieving uh, relative to the... The rest of the population, good rates of vaccination. That's not happening in too many places around the world, I don't think. So that's that's a good thing to celebrate. Was that what Mike was doing? Was he celebrating that? I feel like he wasn't really celebrating that. Was he celebrating the fact that uh, you know ideas like having the special um, preferential booking code uh, was having good results and helping us achieve that rate? Was that what he was doing? Was he celebrating that? Actually. I've been talking for so long now I've kind of forgotten exactly what he was, what he was doing there. So um, let's uh, let, let, let's finish up with a
1: little bit more vaccination talk. Uh, if we do get a booster, is is it going to be Novavax? Is it? Yeah, Todd. Yesterday, Novavax is the uh, the favoured booster shot for this country. Doesn't arrive until next year, of course, and that's another story for another day. But Fran Pretty works at the Malligan Institute, and Helen Ptas has Harris been on the program a number of times. Advises the government on the vaccine. They didn't know anything government forgot to pick up the phone and tell them about that bit, and so the media rings them up and go, hey, what about Novavax? And they go, what do you mean? Uh, Government's announced that Novavax is going to be the boost, and they go, really? Did not they? Helen said, I'm a bit irked. (laughs) That's what you get when you deal with this lot. Yeah,
0: not everybody likes surprises, I suppose. Um, I do. Like, today, Kerry McIver brought in banana cake with chocolate icing on. And and it wasn't like she'd sent an email out ahead of time saying, hey... Um, guys, I'm bringing in banana cake today. She just turned up with it and said, Hey, banana cake. And, and it was like, literally, like I, there was a piece on a plate. And I was like, yay! Didn't see that coming. I turned my whole day round. And I'm assuming that the government just thought the same thing. It was like, hey, guys, we've got Novavax. And booster shots. Surprise! Same thing, isn't it? I'm Glen ZB. That was a rewrap. See you back here again with more ridiculous stuff like that tomorrow. Calm yourself down, Glen ZB.